Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you, broadcasting live from Boston, Massachusetts, and what a fantastic day it's been so far, huh? It's been great. I've been looking forward to this interview all day. I looked at the list prior to coming here, and I saw this specific company, and I've been a fan of theirs for a long, long time. No, I saw your eyes light up. Uh, you have been just uh, downright giddy since breakfast. <laughs> Knowing that we were going to have this conversation, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast Manager Talent Development for a company called International Game Technology, Miss Denise Rodriguez. How are you? Thanks for having me here, Stone Lee. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, for our listeners that aren't familiar, can you share a little bit about International Game Technology or IGT? What are you guys up to? Sure. So um, we're an end-to-end gaming company. And um, within the United States, most people know us best for our government-sponsored lottery Um as well as our casino gaming machines. Mm-hmm. So um, we went through a, an acquisition back in April of this year where we um, merged two very large organizations, um, primarily operating previously in the lottery and the gaming sides um, independently. And um, so I understand that the two of you are from Georgia. So Correct. Georgia Lottery is one of our customers. So a lot of the state lotteries are customers of yours, as well as a lot of probably the largest casinos. Well, I'm a huge fan. Uh, You know, I occasionally like to do the scratchy off and all that, but my kids, both of them, have been benefactors of the Hope Scholarship, which, as I understand it, now you may know the more truth around this, but Mm -hmm. at least our local politicians are telling us that Mm -hmm. one of the reasons we're able to do that, or maybe the reason, is because of this lottery yes that's absolutely true so i'm a fan (laughs) the state of georgia the scholarships for uh students are funded through the lottery Um, and for our listeners who are local in the new england area the rhode island lottery the massachusetts lottery are also our customers and um, as we've got operations in over 60 countries i love when i travel to play the tell me your state or country (laughs) and i'll tell you you know if we do anything with the lottery or the casinos in your space so have you had a chance to visit some of the casinos around the world um i i have you know i mean of course las vegas is definitely you know a big spot (laughs) right but yeah it's um, it's a fun company around the world is there any casino that's kind of your favorite <laughs> um, well, I, I think on the lottery side, um, I really relate with a lot of the stuff that the lotteries are doing and how that they're helping the um, the local jurisdictions to really help to their raise people. money. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the Georgia lottery with the education component was that uh, original or unique to Georgia, and then other people started copying, or is that just the way that most lotteries run? Um, it really depends on the lottery about um, how they choose to, to use, use the, funds. the funds. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think Georgia is a fantastic example of how you can do good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we're, go ahead. No, that's what the backstory. How did you get into this? You personally? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually started off my career in in France, um, working in international education, and. Um, as I, because Rodriguez, that's French. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew that when I saw the paperwork. 
Yeah, well, so uh, to to go a little bit on that story, so <laughs> new story. Here we go. <laughs> well, I speak uh, French and Spanish as well, mm-hmm. so um, a global company mm-hmm. such as IGT is um, definitely something that really resonates right. with me. Um, and yeah, having worked in international education and now working in corporate learning and development for the past ten years, um, it's a really exciting space to be. So you worked in education for kids. I did. I worked for um, in education for um, kids in the um, kindergarten through 12th grade um, environment in France and um, also worked in international education in the U.S. at the college So now level. Uh, dealing with a kid and an adult, how did you make that jump? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I got my master's in adult education, so I'd say that was probably first and foremost. Um, but I really love working with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about... Their playfulness, their curiosity. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be the kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, when we, uh, you know, as as we talk further today, we'll talk a bit more about coaching. And um, one of the things that we believe as coaches um, is that people have the answers within, mm-hmm. and that is so fundamental to um, mm-hmm. how we are as adults and how we learn. So let's talk about coaching a little bit. Um, how do you define coaching? Like, what's coaching? Sure. Um, so what I like to tell people is um, it, it really starts with that. It starts with believing that your client has the answers within mm-hmm. and um, going through open-ended questions to help to get to those answers rather than going into a problem solving or advising. So is that that's good relationship advice as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably is, but I also think it probably requires some discipline because because you, you feel like you do have the answer, and I'll just hand it to him or her, and then we'll get past this and we'll go to the next thing. But it's it's longer lasting. It's going to have more sticking power, even if you're right. You may not always be right, but even if you do have the answer, to do it the way you're talking about, it's going to have more staying power, right? Absolutely, that is is so true. And so you know, when we look at buy-in from the client. Mm-hmm. They, whether that's um, a manager coaching an employee or um, in, a, in a client relationship as a coach, there's so much more bu- buying and sticking power when the person comes up with the solution themselves. Like that self-discovery, right? Where they, when it, they create it, they own it, then it resonates more. Maybe they stay more compliant. Is that? Absolutely. More committed to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now is that part of the training as a coach? You learn how to facilitate that? Absolutely. There's definitely uh, parts of the training as a coach that go into what are all the tools and techniques that you can do? Because um, Stone, as you said, for people who are used to being in a helping profession, such as human resources in my background, um, it it's a challenge. It's it's different to not give the advice, not mentor, not tell people your opinion, your perspective, your experience that could help them, but to really leverage what they have inside to bring that out in a way that's really powerful for them. So when you started in adult learning, you weren't a coach. You had just gone through traditional schooling to be uh, a, a trainer in developing Right. right. And then you found coaching later on? Yeah, you know, um, it, it really um, has been a progression. And um, when I started off my career with instructional design and um, moving into the space as a manager of uh, individuals who create training, whether it's e-learning or um, classroom training. And um, I recently had um, the experience to be coached myself and to really experience the benefits of coaching. So as part of your job, your company said 
we want to help you have a coach or this was something you said i need a coach um and you sought that out on your own you know actually it was quite serendipitous um i i met an individual at a um ATD event, so um, Association for Talent Development, who mm-hmm. um, happened to have a coaching practice, and um, the timing was right for me in what I was looking for in my own professional development as a leader. And um, it was so synergistic because shortly thereafter, our company um, then started our own internal coaching practice. And there's um, a whole coaching practice. Yeah, isn't that a little yeah. unusual? Or I mean, that, that's that's not in every company. That's true. So there's a there's a coaching practice, and then by extension, is it is it at least okay, if not cool, to be coached at IGT? Because mm-hmm. I because I, I can see in some organizations, the last thing you want is a memo about getting a coach, because that means like, dude, you're That's on like, your way out. Fix Bob, <laughs> get him a coach. <laughs> but there must be something different about this IGD coach. IGT Maybe it's coach. a status symbol. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it's like we're part of an entourage. <laughs> I got a coach. Tom Brady's got a coach. I got a coach. It all makes sense. Right. Well, um, you know, it's really all about peak performance. To, right. To you know, to your point there, Lee. Um, so um, there is, you know, definitely, um, in my opinion, some status to it. Um, it's, and it's not a stigma. It's, it's at least not, not a, a stigma. stigma. It's the only other end of the continuum, if anything. Yeah. Right. So um, what we've done um, as part of our coaching practice is really looked at how can we integrate this um, for employees in, in different aspects and really looking at what's our business strategy, what's our culture, what makes sense for us. And as we did that, one of the things that we do is um, build it into our leadership programming. So individuals who are selected or participate in our leadership programs um, have a coach as part of that. It's just baked right in. It's like, part of it. It's a perk for going through that program? For Yeah, for our um, – so a few programs that we have this as part of is um, our Emerging Leaders Program for mm-hmm. – individual contributors who um, aren't managing anybody yet, but um, are in the earlier part of their career right. and um, are high-performing individuals. Um, that's pretty much the criteria to, to be in this program. Um, and also for our first-time managers. So do you find yourself in a position of visiting with leadership, either over coffee or in a formal meeting, and they have you do some really simple things or they ask you to do some things that just roll right off their tongue like yeah denise what i'd really like you to do uh, sometime between now and next thursday is i'd like a high performance culture so, I mean, I, do you find yourself in those kind of, and they're like, it's, you know, it's like ordering a, a, a dozen books. Right. Or like, it's October 7th. We'll figure <laughs> for Halloween, I think you should be able to swing this. Yeah, actually, I think I had that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, it's a noble, it, 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 it's a, it's a noble pursuit, but, well, but their I mean, hearts in the right looking, place. They're, they're looking to use you personally, Denise and your team. They, they really want your help. Yeah. So, yeah, speak to that a little bit, if you will. Sure. So, um, you know, I mean, what does high performance mean? And, you know, I recognize some things might sound kind of like corporate. Well, speak. I read this article on the flight over, right? <laughs> that's, that, right. That's, that's how the conversation starts, right? In Sky Magazine, there's this article on high performing cultures. Here, Denise, let's get Get this. me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, what, is, what does that mean, right? So we're, we're traded on the New York Stock Exchange. We've got business goals. Um, we've got commitments to our customers, like the Georgia Lottery and the Massachusetts Lottery sure. and whatnot. And um, how, do we, how do we achieve those goals? We achieve them through our people. So that's essentially what a high-performance culture yeah. is. <laughs> but, okay, so you recognize that, but now you um, 
how do you like how does it differ than traditional learning how does the coaching process differ than you know because most people don't have it most companies don't have it they have training and development but they don't have Mm -hmm. coaching necessarily so what is the difference sure so um, a lot of coaching occurs in a one-on-one format so it's not it's not 500 people on a online learning right right right. (laughs) yes so um so you know i i mean i certainly recognize i manage a team of individuals who create training whether it's online learning or classroom learning and they all have their own space but i think there are some things that make coaching unique and really powerful as a modality to learn Mm -hmm. so now you so you went through formal coaching training yeah that's correct um so uh, uh, international coach federation certified program okay so that are there lots of coaching certifications or is this a the go-to one well um it's the it's the body the the professional organization that really um is the foundation for the coaching profession Mm -hmm. regardless of what type of coaching you're in so they're not teaching you necessarily a specific methodology they're just teaching you about coaching i bet there's some disciplines though at least Mm -hmm. right some Oh yeah, there's um there's core competencies and um you know I mean it's I, I'd have to say rel- it, you know it's, it's several months long um, mm-hmm. you know there's commitments to how much coaching you do as part of that um you know there's there's oral exam there's um you know there's continuing education so it's um in my opinion I think it really holds us to a very high professional standard. So what is a coaching session? Like the first time you meet with someone and they say they want coaching, like can you walk us through and give us kind of a taste of what a coaching session, like what would, what would be your first questions or questions? Do they do pre-work before they start? Like what does the process look like? Sure. So um, there are a few things that I like to do either before an initial session or during the initial session. So um, depending on the type of coaching. Yeah, and just coach stone. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'll do that right now. So um, stone, you know, um, What's mm-hmm. important for you in your life right now that you'd like to accomplish? Right now in my professional life, it's consistently growing the company. I, I don't want to lose the momentum that we have right now. Okay, so consistently growing the company. Right, and for us, that means more studios. So I want to open a new studio in a new market, actually a, a couple every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and what possibilities do you see to be able to do that? Well, I think, for one thing, every time we open one, it seems like it makes the next one easier to open. So I I think we've got that that momentum seems to be serving us well, and we do have a good reputation in the marketplace. So, I mean, we have a lot of things going for us. Uh, I'm a little concerned about time. I I still feel like it's going too slow. Mm, And he's not getting any younger. (laughs) We're on a clock with him. (laughs) So some things that we might do um, to to jump in on Lee's comment here is um, sometimes there's opportunity to reframe, you know, so if you're if you're feeling like there's some kind of um, constraint um, because of time passing or time passing more quickly, um, then sometimes it's it's about looking at that and saying, you know, how can you look at this more positive? I heard you say that you've um, opened a number of new studios rap in a rapid amount of time. Um, so what makes you think that you won't open another one in just as rapid an amount of time? Well, I mean, it's a fair question, but I mean, it does cost some money. And so when we, when we open one or two, then we need to start recovering that money. Then we have the money to open the next one or two. And then not infrequently and God love her cause she's been wonderful. I couldn't even have begun to pursue this 
a whole line of work without her support financial and emotional but rightly so you know my wife is beginning to say okay this is all great and wonderful you know mr empire builder but when do i get to see some of this money you know i need a new deck and you know my car is seven years old and so you, there's you got that pulling against it too so. Yeah, sure. So it makes perfect sense that you'd feel like you're under some constraints to open up your next studio. So you, because you've got these commitments personally. Um, right, because so. if I did, I could just not open them and then say, okay, Holly, now, you know, here's a little more money. There's that whole balancing act. Mm. So what do you think um, could be something maybe like the very first step to move you towards the next studio that you want to open? The very next step for the for a new studio I, th I guess maybe just reach out and start talking to people in our case that would be good for running the studio and just then start having more of those conversations because if I could talk to more of them and have more people lined up that I felt like would do a good job then I would feel like opening the studio would have less and less risk. But this kind of example of, you know, you're kind of getting to the heart of it. It's pretty quickly. It's not like you're like, it's not, you're not like wasting a, a lot of time here. We're not <laughs> pussyfooting around. Right. It's not like a, like, like psychotherapy. How was your where day? <laughs> How's your kid you know, doing? What'd, no, your, none of that. what'd your mom do to screw you up? Like it's none of that. <laughs> you're, you're getting into the heart of the matter pretty quickly. Is that something that you were taught or you're just naturally inquisitive that way? Or like, a, is that a skill that you just personally have? and then that's why you gravitate to coaching or is this something that coaching has taught you to be good at? One of the things that I love about coaching is um, that I've seen individuals, um, peers, managers that I have within my organization who are also coaches, we all have different styles and we all bring something um, to the coaching table in that mm -hmm. respect. One of the things that people often say about me is um, how good I am at keeping people focused on their goal. And... Um, and so that that is kind of natural, but there are skills too that you use when it comes to that. Um, so, so coaches are, are different, have different uh, ways of approaching some things, although they stay within some disciplines. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like, but it occurs to me, clients um, that delivering the work could be kind of idiosyncratic as, as well. As an example, let's talk about me some more. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's my, one of my favorite <laughs> subjects. So I have two daughters. And now I mean, you want her to coach your daughter? I want. I do. Can I we want get you, him on the phone. I want you Call to coach them. both of them. That's number one. Mm -hmm. But as a parent, I mean, they required. We finally figured out very different mm -hmm. parenting in many cases. What what really resonated with Katie, my oldest, w did, didn't didn't ring true at all for Kelly, my youngest. So it's, it's coaching the same way. Like, do you have to say things differently or frame it up differently if you're coaching Lee? tomorrow versus how you might coach me today mm -hmm. even though we are both leaders in this company you're trying to help mm -hmm. absolutely so one of the questions um lee that you had earlier was like what do you ask in the first session or how do you handle that one of the things is how do you like to be challenged um and so um it, that might be um very different for two two different people one person might be preferring more of a direct style the other one might prefer um you know that you really mention you know what's going well for them and and how successful they are in certain areas and and more subtly bring it up or but you as a coach have to kind of intuitively figure that out right just by the cues that the how the person's responding 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely an element and, um, I mean, there's training, there's skills around active listening. And, you know, one of the things I think, you know, particularly in the business space that, um, you know, we, we definitely hear this term all the time, active listening. But to me, one of the most profound things about active listening is not just listening for what's being said, it's listening for what's not being said. That I, I'm horrible at that. You <laughs> you are good, real good at that, at least in comparison to me. I'm talking to Lee, for those of you who can't see what can't where see I'm pointing point my finger. But I find it, and, and he and I working together, he really picks up on what's not being said. And I'm like this blunt instrument. You know, I hear what I hear. <laughs> but it's also, um, it, does the coaching happen over the phone or in person or both or either? Sure. I mean, it could be either. Um, more than half of executive coaching happens over the phone. Um, now on that you miss a lot of the vicious. cues visual cues that can be the case but at the same time it allows you to listen um sometimes almost at a deeper level um and for myself and this is my style that um I, I, lear knowing learning styles is important i'm a kinesthetic learner so um i like to learn by by doing something mm -hmm. and so taking notes is really helpful for me to to listen and she can roll session. her eyes without offending the client <laughs> yeah yeah that's part of the kinesthetic learning <laughs> and you can live tweet while it's going on uh, so some of these questions that you were asking asking me is there like a kind of a little do-it-yourself version that that one might apply for their own self-development mm -hmm. not in lieu of a coach but just to, just to help themselves be better, maybe there's three or four or five or six questions they could ask themselves there periodically. Yeah? Sure. Yeah, I like to I like to do a lot of my own self coaching too. Um, you know. So what are some of the questions? Yeah. So um, I would say, when you're faced with a situation, what about this is important to me? Another one would be, what about this concerns me? If you're feeling stressed. That can help you tap into either your motivation or what's stressing you about something and then probing deeper into why. Um, and then the other thing, like I said, you know, the, I think, you know, to kind of paraphrase Viktor Frankl a little bit, but, you know, I mean, the last human freedom is the ability to choose how we feel our attitude in any given circumstances. So um, what's a different way to look at this? Now, at IGT, have you been doing the coaching long? Has that been uh, going on for a while? So this is um, something that we've been implementing over the past year as we've um, formed a new organization as a result of um, this merger that I right. mentioned. Um, and previous to that, what we did was we usually offered it more as a point solution. So mm -hmm. for a senior executive who um, perhaps um, was interested in coaching and really seeing those benefits. To, right. So to Stone's point about, oh, well, there's, you know, some kind of cool factor here. <laughs> well, yeah. You're right. right. <laughs> now, um, have you seen results from it? Have you been getting feedback that this is something that they people like to participate in or they're uncomfortable or they're comfortable, they enjoy it? One of the things that's most rewarding for me as a coach is to um, to see those results um, in, my, in my clients. And when I hear, because a lot of the coaching engagements are ongoing over a period of months, the growth that they're having um, in the particular area that they chose to focus on um, and to, to see that go deeper. And, you know, I always say to people, you know, often in the first session, one of the things that's most rewarding about coaching um, is as the coach knowing not only are you impacting the life of the person you're coaching, but you're impacting the life of everybody that they interact with. Right. Now, have do you have an example? Maybe you can share, obviously not, you know, their name and home address, but <laughs> like an example of maybe they were trying to accomplish something and you were able to help them 
get the outcome they desire? Sure. Well, um, you know, I appreciate that yeah. and, and the joke there. Um, confidentiality certainly <laughs> is one of the most um, fundamental things when mm, it comes to um, to. So I don't tell anything anybody about stones. Then. <laughs> what, what I'll do, yeah, that's right. It's just me, you, just and exactly. the listeners. Um, so what I'll do is I'll use my own experience. Um, so here. Um, it, as I mentioned earlier, having gotten leadership coaching um, and, and really focusing on, you know, being my true self as a leader and and what does that mean in the workplace? And um, one of the things that I love to do at the beginning of a coaching engagement is to do some visioning. And um, and I experienced this myself. So where you're asking somebody, what does success look like? But you're not just asking them, what does it look like? You're asking them, what does it sound like? What do you hear? What do you feel? And I tell you, after um, a few months of this and um, from being coached and hearing the exact words that I said months earlier is what I would hear when I so was what, being what, you, oh, what did you say you would cool. hear? Laughter. I would hear, not, not people laughing at me, just <laughs> <laughs> So there would just be more laughter in your life? There would be more laughter in my life. The, the, the tone of people's voices would be different. The, oh, wow. Hearing them say thank you for things that I was doing when I was being really intentional about um, my approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and that, so that all came to fruition? Absolutely. I mean, it's an ongoing journey, of course. And, and that's, I think, what makes coaching such a unique modality for learning, too. Mm -hmm. And now, was that something that... Do you think that there was laughter in your life you just weren't aware of the and or this just made you more cuz now you're listening it's like when you get a red car and all of a sudden every, oh there's so many red cars out mm. there. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> um you know, definitely part of coaching is um asking the client what are you noticing? Um one of the things that I love to do um as a leadership coach myself is to help people draw out what's their unique leadership style and then for them to notice it and then for them to help other people notice it. Mm -hmm. Um but in in this case, what it was um, to kind of build on that is me being intentional about what I was doing to mm -hmm. really create that space for more laughter. Is now, there a Denise question book? I love these questions. What are you noticing? What does that look like? What does it feel like? I mean, she's got the greatest questions. Is there some like magic Denise book that you keep with these? Do you have a blog. He <laughs> wants to follow your blog. I do. I, you know, you've inspired me. I want to. I don't think I'm ready to coach, but I think I might be ready to be coach. I think I'm coachable. I think you're coachable. <laughs> you think I'm coachable? Absolutely. You know what I mean? That That's interesting that you mentioned that because... Yeah, some people aren't, right? Yeah. And so some of the things that we talk about in that first session are like, how ready are you to make this change in your life that you're saying you want? And so, you know, like Stone, I'm sensing you've got a lot of energy mm -hmm. around creating this new studio and right. what it could do for your life. Now, do people ask like, well, okay, uh this coaching thing sounds good. How long is this going to take? You don't get it, any of it on is, me. Is this like, oh, <laughs> I do this for a week? You know, is it a month? Is it a year? Is this something the rest of my life? Mm. So, you know, part of it is definitely assessing up front, you know, what the recommendation might be when we offer it, um, you know, perhaps um, internally within a leadership program, we might set that. Um, or so set it, this is a six-month program or a year yeah, I mean, how do you we, frame it? We usually, what I usually like to start with is recommending three months. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, is I, that weekly, monthly? What yeah, it's it? a good question. So um, I like to recommend weekly, um, weekly over a three month period. Now, now, is an appointment like Tuesdays at ten, or is this like I'll call you next week and we'll figure out a time? Yeah, like because this is important in terms of how seriously are they going to take this? Is this a priority that they're going to 
schedule around or is this something they're going to fit in? Interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that's really fundamental to the psychology behind coaching is that the client call the coach, not mm-hmm. the other way around. Ah, right, I but like did they it. make an appointment like with it. you every week? It could be a different time and day. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on the coach's style and on the um, on the client's style. Um, mm-hmm. My preference is to have regular standing meetings, so I do have a Tuesday 10 a.m. meeting right. um, for coaching, yeah. And then, so how much of your day are you spending coaching? I spend about 25% of my time coaching. And, and she spends some time being coached as well. As well. There's <laughs> a lot of coaching in, in her world. Did you have to try out different coaches before you land on somebody you liked? Or is that normally the process? Well, um, it, it certainly can be. Um, I guess I... I you got partially, lucky? Yeah, partially <laughs> serendipitous was the word I used earlier because um, I, I do think that um, really in that coaching relationship, what's so important is um, the personal chemistry. Um, because you're going to be telling this person what you want most in your professional and personal life. Yeah. So what questions, if I was going to look for a coach, what are some of the questions I should ask a potential coach? Well, to me, part of it goes back to the listening, is how how well do you feel listened to, understood, and and heard? Um, and how much do they resonate with you? Um, how quickly can you tell if you got somebody good or it's not going to work out? As if you're looking for a coach? Right. I think... One of the things that coaching helps you to do is to be more intuitive. Um, and so I think it's listening to your intuition when it comes to that and, and how it's feeling. Some of it might be, you know, you, you do a couple of sessions and, and you see that, but coaches often will offer a complimentary session specifically for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But, and then what's a realistic amount of time to go by to see a result? Sure. Um, well, what we do is once we clarify what the goals are, and sometimes it takes a couple of sessions, um, I, I generally expect that to take a few sessions over a couple of months period of time, right? But um, is shortly thereafter. I mean, we're talking about anchoring back. I mean, my, this is my style, you know, as we kind of set these smart goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, you know, insert all the other letters of the acronym, realistic <laughs> time bound here. Um, anchoring back to that and... Um, you know what I think is so great about coaching is it gives people the space to recognize where they're having success. Mm-hmm. How often in our life do we just pick up and move on to the next thing? So uh, it sounds like you would recommend other organizations to consider the modality of coaching to Absolutely. layer it into their uh, learning and development. Yeah, and what I'd suggest is to really look at what makes sense for your organization. In our case, it made sense to do um, internal coaching um, as we wanted to really broaden the reach to other mm-hmm. areas of the organization and the amount of people that could be coached. Mm-hmm. And in other cases, for maybe it's depending on the size of the organization or other things about um, what the target audience is, but um, maybe it makes sense to get an external coach, and that's perfectly fine too. So yeah. um, I'm operating under the impression, or at least I'm choosing to give myself license to operate in this fashion, that it's it's realistic, appropriate, and okay that you might have a coach for six months or a year, and they kind of helped you get to here with regard to this, and then you might have a completely different coach. You, you don't necessarily have to stay with the same coach for 20 years, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's an important point that you're making. All right, and so and um, and so maybe that can be provided for certainly externally, but maybe even internally as a person grows grows through their career. This is cool stuff. Have you ever had a coach? I mean, you've had athletic coaches. 
Have you ever no. had like a coachy coach, like a leadership no. coach? I heard a life coach. Really? Yeah, and it was before I found. This is different than life coach, right? Um, well, the focus here is is on business because you know being in a business environment, right? But the skills are the same. It's similar. I tell you, I gotta say, I think she she went to the same thing, or she asked a lot of good questions that sound kind of similar, and 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 it really helped me challenge my own thinking, and I, it might have helped me find you. Might have. Well, well, then, Stone, I should ask you, how soon was it that you experienced that success? Well, I experienced some success immediately. Um, maybe maybe I hadn't completely landed as an investor and partner in Business Radio X, but I almost immediately, my mind was working in a different way, and I was considering different questions for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can tell, but I, I mean, I probably came into the conversation a big fan of coaching, but I'm an even bigger fan after having talked to you for a little while. So any do's or don'ts for uh, an organization that's considering coaching? Um, I would say, you know, besides looking at internal versus external and seeing what's right, um, senior level buy-in is really important, um, you know, particularly at the C-level. I think that... So go right to the uh, C-suite and say, I'm going to get a coach for you and you and you, and you're going to (laughs) try this, and then if it works with you, we'll roll it out. There you go. Or you could just knock on the door and say, I can give you a high-performance culture. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It's all about framing. And we can get started before Thursday. Yeah, I like that. That's very good. Okay, so uh, how can our listeners learn more reach out to you and have a conversation about some of this stuff that's right and um so um you can connect with me on linkedin um using my name as it's um outlined here i've got my um the, the three words in my name so i've got my uh, my french middle name um so i, I i'll say Demarais, denise Demarais rodriguez but you know it's probably mm-hmm. easier if you just look at it and type it um and um i'm happy to talk to anyone further about coaching and provide further coaching resources if it's something you're curious to explore for yourself now, what do you enjoy more, coaching or being coached? I enjoy coaching more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you that question soon enough, Lee. <laughs> well, this has been an absolute delight. This is uh, this has been inspiring. It's been informative. I'm fired up. I want to go get a coach. Or are you volunteering to coach me, Lee? No. No, I got no. I got to go outside probably. Absolutely, I think, you know, for, you for this kind fresh of eyes, right? Objectivity is really um, a huge benefit to having a coach. No, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. And please, as we come back through, as we uh, have a tendency to do, don't we, Dan? As let's uh, let's let's catch up and let's have this conversation. Let's have it again. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Look forward to it. All right, we'll be back in a few from Boston. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.